Welcome back listeners. Um, Allie, we kind of ran out of time there a little bit in the first segment. I think we'll continue this, the conversation around some of the, some of the ugly corn or the, the phone calls I've had that, Hey, I think seemed like my corn looked great early. It's going a little bit backwards now. And um, we talked a little bit about, you know, maybe growers that were a little front loaded, a little heavier with nitrogen sulfur. Um, you know, maybe that's looking a little better than the guys that got half it out. I'm going to come back to side dress. Any other, you know, maybe just fertilizer system things, Allie, that, that have maybe, you know, jumped out at you as you, you've been walking fields? I think from a generalization standpoint of things, if we look at nitrogen source and application timing fields that maybe had those, have those manure histories or those that have spring applied nitrogen, especially in the form of urea or 28%, um, maybe a little bit more shallow replaced and more accessible to those roots early on. Um, they, they tend to look like those more even fields across the board versus um, maybe we look at the difference between those that are or are not using starter, um, depending on how much nitrogen they're putting on up front and then plan side dress applications. It, there's just a huge difference in maybe having a little bit more of that nitrogen up front to keep things even, but at the same point in time, I mean, if we look at it, if we're doing that side dress um, application right timing wise as well, you can still remedy a few of those things across the board. But maybe a few specifics, I think you lay it out really nice of some of the differences between what we're seeing versus not seeing work well. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, the, the starter side of things that, you know, this could be a whole episode sometime in the off season too, about where to go with that. And, um, you know, there's been a little bit of a transition to maybe going away from inferno starter altogether in it was some operations that they're not dropping starter. Some have maybe taken a step further where we're going back to higher volume, you know, using 20 to 32 blend with ATS, you know, and just dribbling out the back and that system, it, it and the, Acres that have that where, you know, it's maybe 10, 12 gallons dribbling at two by zero surface applied it. You can really see it now. And it's kind of nice where if your, your roll cleaners are working good, you're still placing that on clean dirt. You're not intercepting residue. And um, it really seems like getting from like V4 to V8, it really kicks into gear. And then, you know, some of the other broadcast fertilizer um, kicks in. But that's just a, a couple observations I've seen where, um, especially corn on corn guys that are dribbling some high volume out the back. It seems like it's had a really positive effect and uh, I'll keep watching that. I think a lot of this is going to balance out here in time, but um, it has been a, just a kind of a unique year where everything looks so good early and now, uh, you know, we're seeing some unevenness out there, but it, it's just a victim of, of um, residue and, and some lack of fall tillage and everything in between. And we're just paying for compaction over the last two seasons because we just had so much record rainfall last couple of years that we're just trying to, heal up some of that ground and it, it's finding another nice year just to, to break that cycle a little bit. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what we're seeing on that. And uh, staying on the corn topic here, quick alley, uh, GDU wise, um, corn rootworm hatch is probably, we're probably right entering the zone here where they should be hatching and getting active here soon. Yeah. So 50% of eggs are going to be hatched somewhere between 680 and 760 GDUs. So if we look at we're sitting at about 655. We're getting really close to that point where we're going to start to see pretty significant hatch in our area. So um, I think it's just important a few things to, to keep an eye on as we maybe start to understand what those pressures look like in our field. Obviously, Josh, we did some trapping last year and beetle counts were you know, lower, they're going to be different from area to area. I think the biggest thing to remember is that if you're trapping corn rootworms, it is going to be specific to that field, field um, yeah. but it's nice to get a gauge 
this time of the year so that we can better identify what are those fields we want to want to focus on for maybe some rootworm trapping not because we're going to necessarily have a remedy at this point in the year but as we move to next year making sure we have a really solid plan of what we need to do across those acres yeah and i'm a little um you know my, where i cover there especially east of 52 we tend to see quite a bit more rootworm pressure than west of 52 in the viewer area um you know yeah i'm a little nervous kind of coming into this knowing that um we had a pretty mild winter uh i i don't think um mortality rate through this winter on the western or the northern is going to be majorly high just from the way the winter was and we had a lot of snowpack and um we really didn't get any severely cold temperatures so that could be a little bit of a challenge and then from there it just boils down to where is my fourth year corn on corn and beyond um and, and that's really where the biggest concerns are going to be where you know we're just relying on a trade and in some cases with some of the challenges economically alley we've maybe pulled out you know some and some of those acres where we've been using some soil applied insecticide with a trade maybe that's came out um, to try to control some costs but we'll definitely want to be looking and I, I i know my hotspot areas i know the target areas it'll be the long range corn on corn but um you know time will tell it's hard to predict but i do anticipate every year i get some calls where we got pressure but i'm a little concerned and on the long range corn on corn and if you do got some long range corn on corn certainly reach out to us, your sales rep, and we can help take a, evaluate that as the time goes on here the next few weeks and see what we see. Yeah, keep us, keep us updated on that for sure. One more quick question before we go, Josh, because this has, has been something that's been coming up quite often this week. Just some folks curious, is it okay to pull the trigger on some of these soybean post applications if, if you haven't already? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's really windy this week, so just use caution this week. Um, you know, um, I'm a little nervous, you know, a lot of windows are open there, the weeds are coming, so we got to watch it really close. But I think moving forward, uh, we got a couple windy days, maybe a little rain here Thursday, Friday. And after that, I think um, for the most part, everything's going to be ready for post-applied applications. And next week, uh, we'll, get, we'll update that. And I'm sure we'll have another whole host of things based on calls this week that we'll review and uh, provide details from the field.